Here we are at the Friday Night Movie Podcast booth at Baltimore Comic-Con with a legend of the comic industry, Axel Alonso. Not only the former editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics, he is also now the founder, right? The founder of AWA Studios. And we're going to talk also about specifically Upshot, which is the imprint of some of the really cool comics that are being created under. So you haven't gotten away entirely from the comic world. No, that's my, 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 my daily. <laughs> welcome, 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 Axel Alonzo. I want to introduce you here to my sister, co-host Becky. Hi, so nice to meet you. Now, nice uh, Becky, uh, you, want to, you want to start us off or you want me to start us off? I, I feel like considering you have a, a larger well of knowledge with the I, I actually comic collected world, comics. <laughs> I, I watched my brother collect comics. There you go. Okay. So. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start us off. Um, so... As the editor-in-chief of Marvel, one of the things you're known for, uh, and I think you're one of the, the groundbreakers, was bringing a more diverse group of heroes and really uh, breaking boundaries. What was that like? How, how did you deal with reactions from fans who, who, you know, the fan community can be kind of funky with change, even now in 2021. What was that like? Um, uh, and, and how did you cope with it as someone who loves comics and wants fans to be happy? Well, it, w- it was tough, but it comes with the job. You know, I mean, the thing is that I myself am Hispanic and my wife is Korean. So I've got Korean Hispanic kids. I'm the child of immigrants. So for me, I feel like when I was a kid reading comic books, I was yearning to see heroes that I felt I related to. And I ended up relating to characters like the Black Panther because they were a little bit off, off center, you know? And uh, I was disappointed to find that the Black Panther was not, was not Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> Deeply disappointed when he took off his mask. But by the same token, I thought it was really cool. And the thing is, for me, it was always about, I think it's very important that people, children in particular, see themselves reflected in their heroes. So when I was at Marvel, I made it of most importance to get into that. One of the first moves I did was at Marvel, I did a book called Truth, Red, White, and Black that imagined that before Steve Rogers had the super soldier serum in his veins, the serum was test-driven on a group of guinea pigs, a regiment of American soldiers, one of whom was a man named Isaiah Bradley, who went on to be the first Captain America, the first man to successfully uh, use super soldier serum. For me, I just thought history says that if Uncle Sam had done the, 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 uh, the, the test, they probably wouldn't have done it on, on white males. They probably would have tried a different population. Look at the Tuskegee experiments as an example with syphilis as a precedent. Rob Morales and Kyle Baker did the book. It was a big success, but also very controversial. People yelled and screamed and said, I can't believe you did this to Captain America. Um, we said, you know, this is true to history. We're not besmirching Steve Rogers. He's still Captain America. He's a hero. But this would take, take a look at, at history. I was very, very happy to see that show up in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. I got a call from a friend saying, yo, you turn this on now. <laughs> I've been six months old, so I was not watching TV, you know, at all. So the thing is, and I, I turned, I, I found out about it. I, I couldn't believe it. I felt so validated to see him on, on the small screen, to see Miles Morales in Spider-Verse. To hear about the possibility of a Jane Foster Thor on the big screen, to see the Falcon wearing red, white, and blue, all that is very validating to me because my instincts were that these were 
these were seismic and necessary moves to do with these iconic characters. And, and these are great moves. And as someone who is a fan of all of those moves, um, seeing Isaiah in particular in the Falcon show was such, I think, it, it seemed so naturally canon. It didn't seem unnatural at all. It seemed like you got to, it, it, it makes perfect sense. And, and I want to come back to your point about immigra immigrants. Um, we're Jews and Cubans. So our mom's a, our mom's a Juban. A Juban. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. um, and so I think it's funny how people sometimes uh, manipulate and distort the history of certain icons. Because if you look back even to Superman, Superman was created by immigrants yeah. as a story for immigrants to feel empowered. And then suddenly it becomes this, you know, uh, it becomes uh, adopted by a larger population that somehow thinks it's simply just this only white character when yeah. the reality is it's exactly what you're talking about. And we need new versions. We need new creations. The roots of the history of Superman are well known. But again, people don't look into that and understand why these characters are born in the first place. You know, I know for me that when I did... Uh, Isaiah Bradley, he was very controversial. I received death threats. Quite Whoa. frankly, there are many people I worked with who did not support the move. Wow. Well, they felt like, oh, I don't know why you're doing this. It's too radical. It's too left-wing, blah, blah, blah. Now, a lot of them say they love it now that's on TV. As they say, success has many parents, but feels <laughs> an orphan. So I've seen a lot of things that, um, I've seen a lot of, of my former colleagues, you know, visibly expressing support for stuff they didn't support when it was in publishing. You know, they, they distanced themselves from it. But now that it's on the big screen, it's like, oh, it's really cool. But I saw Miles I saw Black Panther being a huge hit back in 2000 when I got Richard Hudlin on the book. My feeling was in the world of hip hop, there's no way that a preeminent African superhero is not going to be a hit. And uh, they just needed time. And, and the results speak for themselves with the movie. You know, it was an event. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, they, and a really high quality yeah. one. Um, now, that's what you've done in the past. That's what you've done in the past. But now, AWA. Upshot, what is Axel Alonso pushing us to in the next in the next chapter sure, for the well, next 20 years? The DWA, uh, next chapter of my, my career, I'm, I'm taking my love for comics to, to a different place. When I started my career, I worked in, at Vertigo, and I worked on creator-owned books at Preacher, ah, Bullets, Classics, Chains with the Bolton, you name it. And all these books were new, fresh ideas from a mature reader's audience. We did preacher. We would say, "Now this would make a really great cable TV show." It's too filthy for networks, but maybe a cable TV show. And the next, the rest is history. So the thing is, I always looked at the stories as being things that would be really cool as comic books. But a good story is a good story. A good story can be a cartoon, a movie, a TV show, a book, a comic book—you name it. And so for me, it was really fun working on those books. When I went to Marvel, it was a different challenge because you inherit these iconic characters who have decades of history. You've got a responsibility to be true to who they are at their core. You can bend them but not break them. And people have very strong opinions about what you do, and there's limits to what you can do with the characters, believe it or not. But you inherit a silhouette. Maybe the silhouette is the Hulk, or maybe it's Black Panther, but it's a silhouette you have to fill. What I love about my job now is that every day we start with a blank canvas. Creators come to us with a blank canvas that they fill with a real idea, Span some lens genres. You know, we'll get to some of those in a minute. But and the thing is that my job is to make sure that they they do the best version of that story. And I we have the right creative team on board 
to tell that story the most effectively? And did the story matter? And our story spanned in genres. We have a we have a Western, we have a feminist spaghetti Western science fiction book. That's Imagine amazing. Unforgiven if Clint Eastwood were played by Linda Hamilton, and the backdrop was the Road Warrior universe. That's amazing. It, it, it's, called, it's called it's called it's called Redemption. It's by the crime novelist Krista Faust and Mike Diodata Jr. It's an, I've got a book called Old Haunts by uh, Ollie Masters and Rob Williams with artist uh, Lawrence Campbell. Which is best described as it's 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 Goodfellas meets meets Jacob's Letter. It's about it's about <laughs> mobsters and ghosts. All right. Three made men are deciding that they're going to retire, but they've buried a lot of people in the desert, so to speak, and the ghosts of those people are going to come to haunt them before they retire. So it's, it's gangsters and ghosts. All right. You know, so we do a wide range of material. Peter Milligan's American Ronin is a hitman with a heart of gold in a future dystopia. Marjorie Finnegan, Temporal Criminal by Garth Ennis, it's a time-traveling bandit named Marjorie Finnegan who jumps around time stealing stuff, pursued by her sister, who she can't stand. So it's, it's a dark comedy science fiction rock. Let me ask you, how do you select the artists and the ideas? Well, when I started the, the company, I had to stay under the radar because a lot of people wanted to know what I was up to having left Marvel and where I was going. So I had to I reached out to people I knew and trusted I could tell about the company and get involved at, at, the, at the ground floor that would not start the rumor mill going. So I got a lot of people on board that I trusted. People like Garth Ennis, J. Michael Straczynski, Peter Milligan, Frank Cho on board. These are all people I have decades worth of relationship with. And so the thing is, um, I started with them and I reached out and I found some, some younger writers like John Lees who did the book Hotel. He did a book called Sync that I loved. I loved Sync. He pitched me a bunch of stuff, and we liked the core of one. There's a baby in the bathwater of one of his pitches, and we, that ended up being Hotel. So it really comes down to, I want to find stories that I think are challenging, mm-hmm. that are relevant to today, that they say something to today about today. And I'm, by that, I don't mean politically oriented necessarily. I've got a book called Bad Mother I'm in love with called by Krista Faust and Mike Diodato. Imagine the movie Taken, mm-hmm. only take out Liam Neeson and his special skills, Mm-hmm. And substitute him with a soccer mom <laughs> with no special skills at all. Okay. More realistic, too. Her e- one evening, her daughter is missing. She suspects foul play. The cops don't believe her. And this woman has to find a way to dis- find her daughter and rescue her. But she's a soccer mom without any training. She doesn't know martial arts. She doesn't own a gun. But so her best thing is to outwit the people that abducted her daughter. So it's a fascinating dark comic crime story. Great. Again, but I think it's very contemporary now because I think it's a new action hero. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. That's Becky's nightmare, but also yeah. would make a phenomenal cinematic yeah. experience. Like, yeah. the, I, I'm just, I already feel the tension in yeah. that well, story. Well, you've got to pick up a copy from our booth today. Because again, it's a, a, and Redemption as well, because it's an amazing book. It's a pot boiler. This woman has to find a way to outwit a woman who's everything she's not. Her antagonist is um, a woman who's the, the matriarch of our local crime family. She's lovely, lethal, smart. She presides over a crime family, one tough cookie, and she has nothing but contempt for the soccer mom. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that that is the soccer mom's suit of armor. No one could see her coming because no one thinks she's capable of doing anything. She's no trouble. I mean, 
it's really so, cool that these are the characters. You know, these are an example of some of the characters that you're choosing for your for your for your story. Well, I'm, gl- mean, I'm glad to hear it. Really cool. We're having a lot of fun doing these books, and also Hollywood is taking notice because you know you guys see as, as people who are voracious uh, mm-hmm. viewers of television. There's so many opportunities out there now in the ether for for IP and original stories. Hollywood has been strip mining comic books forever. Mm-hmm. And there's only so many Avengers movies you can do, or Batman movies. Oh, I you know? mean, I definitely so, feel that way. I mean, there's I'm really still, so I admit, no. I'm still hanging on a no. little bit. I mean, and I've been in from the beginning. I mean, sure. I've been seeing them, you know, since Batman 89, I've been seeing the comic <laughs> movies all through, right? But my sisters, they'll see one out of every... Three? Three, four, five. They're not, you no, know. No, but I also have certain but, characters that I care more about yeah, that sure. I'm going to want to see. And I'm not suggesting they'll, they'll go away. But, but, I'm, long re- shot. I'm ready but, for but, but I, I think I'm that people want something. more than just that. But I, this is also is different true. in the sense that I think I feel like what we're taught it's not fair anymore when we're to to reduce it all to this is a comic book movie, yeah, right? Yeah. I think there are people who aren't paying attention enough will be like, Oh, it's a comic book movie and then they're gonna think, Oh, it's a comic book movie. But when you're talking about The Walking Dead or you're talking about a story like you're talking death about with Bad Sta- Mom. Death of Stalin. Death of Stalin. Road oh. to Perdition. That, that is... Death World. of Stalin yeah. is like one of my favorite movies I've seen in oh a long time. Um, you're you're talking about a whole other type of storytelling that, that really is just beautiful storytelling. You know, comic books are a, a unique art form because it's a very, very small group of people at the steering wheel. It's a writer, an artist, and an editor who work together to make that story everything it can be. Of course, the colors and letter are contributors as well. But you, you, you build out the book, but it's not like a movie where there's 100 producers with notes. Yeah, dirt, you know, it's true. It's a small collaboration, and also the results can be immediate. Immediate. Yeah. In the case of Frank Cho, he writes and draws his book. Mm. So it's a one-man show, you know, with the colorist Sabine Rich, uh, bringing extra to the visuals. But the thing is, it's an amazing medium. It's unique to create and to experience. And it's not a surprise to me that Hollywood looks to us, because when you look at this, you see a storyboarded story for you. Already. Yeah, that we makes sold, a big we, we already announced our first movie was sold <laughs> in a bidding war. We sold the series Chariot by Bernard Woodhill and Priscilla Priedis to Warner. Joe Kaczynski, the director of Top Gun 2, is going to direct it. Wow. That's incredible. It's so we, huge. We, we sold that out the gate. We have another thing sold we're about to announce as well. We'll be talking about that soon. But again, Hollywood is responding very well to our material because like you, they feel like these are stories that are relevant and that they want, they want to tell. So, all right. On our show, mm-hmm. we play a game, which I will not have you play because I'm, I'm maybe you don't want us to play this. Yeah. We play a game called Castaway, mm-hmm. where we play a little bit of casting. Okay. Now you probably can't. Maybe you want to play it with us about like our dream cast or something. Sure, sure. So I'll play tell with you. us yeah, yeah. a little bit about Chariot, and maybe we can play a little oh, role okay. in the maybe casting. Maybe we can give some ins- inspiration. You know, we okay. can uh, we can throw around some actor names for you. Okay, Chariot is um, a story that blends. Knight Rider and The Matrix. It's about during during the Cold War, a, a special weapon was created in the form of a, a muscle car with with a futuristic tech. And the agent who was going to drive that car was was uh, was killed. That car sank into the bottom of the ocean where it remained for decades. Decades later, this man 
finds it. He's a, he's an ex-con getaway driver who finds the car in a scrap heap and fixes it. And what happens is he discovers that this, the, the car is sentient. The, the spirit of the woman agent who died in the car is in it. Ooh. And she essentially, the car comes alive to help him solve his problems in his life if he helps her solve a problem in her life. Uh, he's, oh, he's, wow. he's essentially uh, enlisted. Ooh. It becomes a, a story in which he has to man up and become a hero with the help of this cybernetic car, this sentient car. Uh-huh. And a bit of a love story develops between him and the woman in the car. And he manages to save his son, who's, who's dying of a fatal disease. Wow. And he ends up stopping the, the agent's sister, who's part of a nefarious organization, Bondian type organization. Okay. That, that's up to no good. So it's a big science fiction. And the vibe of it, the aesthetic is synth pop. It's like a synth. It's like one of those 80s oh, movies with wow. Evangelist score. Yeah. Vangelis score. Ooh. We were very fortunate because Joe Kaczynski, the director, saw it and read it and was like, oh, I gotta do this. So we moved Wow. Yeah. All, all right, Becky. You're the Becky's actually in the world of film. Are you stumped or do you have ideas no, already? I have ideas. Now do you have age in mind of these or should we just imagine the age of these characters? Oh the characters well uh, I'd say the, the man is probably I would guess that the man at the center is probably in his uh, early thirties. Okay. His wife would be in her late 20s or early 30s, and his son would be about five or six. Uh, the agent in the car who died would, would be in her early 30s, um, but of course, spiritually, she's older because she's been alive for all those decades. In the okay, car. so we got an old okay. soul thing happening. So I have an immediate idea for the, for the spirit, the agent in the car. I think it should be Carrie Washington. There's something about the caliber of her voice that I feel like could be very oh, cool. seductive mm-hmm. but powerful, you know? Okay, very and cool. And very confident, you know, but without being, like, but but the same way, you know, you have Scarlett Johansson's voice in, um, what's her? The, in her, where it's, like, very soothing to listen to, so you can mm-hmm. have it as just a voice. So I'm feeling Carrie Washington for the voice. The voice. Okay. Because it, right, it's really just a voice that you're getting. You, I don't know, maybe you, you meet her? You get a holographic image of the woman as well. Even better, but it's yeah, Carrie yeah, yeah, Washington. Yeah, exactly, Hello. Yeah. So that's what I want for the voice or the, the being, the holographic image. That. See, my answer is super lazy <laughs> and, it, and, it's, and I'm super lazy because it is influenced by a previous incident like this, which is that uh, it, it immediately goes to Helena Bonham Carter. Oh. And it's because of Terminator Salvation, which is not a good movie. But because uh, um, she plays, at but some the, point she comes back as an AI or something mm-hmm. in that movie. But Helena Bonham Carter, like if I was going to have a strange AI. Helena Bonham Carter? Helena. Helena? Sorry, Helena. I don't know. I guess we've heard it both ways. I don't know. It got, um, heard it both ways. But, Helena Bonham but Carter. But you're telling me she's supposed to be like in her 30s or something. But, but I'm thinking old soul. Oh, oh you're, you're right. How old, old is she now? She's I don't like know. She's like out of in her 50s. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She's ageless. I think Cold War. Oh, I think that's kind true. of. I'm also thinking Knight Rider, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking uh, the guy who was the voice of Knight Rider, if there was a female embodiment oh, it, yeah. of that, mm-hmm. it's Helena Bottom Carter. That's a really but different But Becky wins this me. round because that's definitely going to be hurt. Now, for the guy, Ooh, so for the guy who learns that. to be a hero. So again, he was an ex-getaway driver who served time. Okay. So he's not at his, he's not at his best. Right. He served time. He got out of jail. He's a bit of a, a loser deadbeat, so to speak. Not, not deadbeat in spirit. 
Right. But again, he's he's, he's had so he's time. had bad bad luck. So my favorite loser deadbeat who <laughs> learns to be a hero ever is not the right age or casting for this. <laughs> so he, we're playing the game incorrectly. So I'm so I'm playing my own game wrong, but I so but I'm trying to channel this back now. But I immediately think of Bruce Campbell in the Evil Dead movies <laughs> as like this. Oh, I have the answer to that. Okay. Sam Rockwell. Oh, right? Sam Rockwell. He's so charming, but he could be really also like, like 50. Sam, he's also a bit too old, but yeah, he's but so Sam Rockwell, old. Yeah. Come on. We'll take a time machine backward to Sam Rockwell. Okay, yeah, young, yeah, Sam yeah. Rockwell. young Sam Rockwell. This way okay, we're not so really influencing. Find us the young yeah, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I'm a fan of Sam Rockwell. So because yeah, he's yeah. so charming, but can also play, I think, he can do serious, he, he, he can he do He does a good flawed character. He does a great flawed character. Yeah. i got to tell you, I'd be fascinated if we're going to play this game, to play the game with Bad Mother. Because again, Ooh. you've got you've got, you've got, you've got a few characters. First of all, you have a woman. The woman in the lead, her name was April Walters. She would be in her late thirties. I have my I have I my know, I know, may, I have my maybe early forties. Maybe early forties. We picture her as being. She's not in shape. In other words, this is not a movie that Shirley Theron gets right, fat right, right, gets right. fat for. She puts on fifteen pounds and says, "Oh my God, I'm fat." No, this is a movie in which the woman needs to be someone. Uh, um, any woman can look at it and say, yes, I can imagine this woman as being someone who lives in suburbia, has two kids, a teenage daughter and a preteen son, who feels invisible, who no one notices. She's sexless. Okay. No one, everyone underestimates her. She, uh, she, you know, she's, she's got very little self-confidence, but burning inside of her is something much more that she'll discover. I have to look up the name of who I know it's from. Okay, me. well, okay, so my it, first answer was... Can we okay, date it the same? So my first answer, before <laughs> you gave this very good explanation... I know what you were going to say. Okay, we're going to say one, one two, three, three Kristen Bell. Uh -huh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my answer is Kristen Bell. But now that you've said it, um, it's A.D. Bryant from Saturday Night Live. Oh, my God, that's oh, genius. That's genius. I was going to say... A.D. Um, Bryant from Saturday Night Live. Um, she is an incredible talent. And I don't want to say she's not attractive. She's a yeah, beautiful yeah. woman. Yeah, no. But she's she so, is not so your... T you could yeah, make her up... Say, we don't want to make... We, like I said, it's not that she's not attractive. It's that she's not glamorous. And it's I'm not the kind say of... She, Melanie Lin Linsky. Melanie Linsky, you Melanie know? Melanie Linsky? You, this one. You know who she is. Oh, Melanie Linsky is a great choice also. Oh, cool. yeah, she's yeah. great. Yeah, but she Andy always Bryan, plays a put-upon mother, that poor always, woman. But I know maybe it's too pigeonholed yeah, for her. Pigeonhole. But it would be great to see her come out of that as something... You know, someone heroic. Aidy Bryant. Any any of the women who are in the movie Widows, any mm -hmm. of the women who are in the movie Widows. Did you see that yeah, with Liam Neeson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any of the women who are in that movie were amazing, and also I think very naturally played mothers who are just having a hard yeah. damn time. Okay, what about the villain? Oh, oh, the villain. Now she's a mob boss. Oh, see, hey. I yeah. think if the if the villain could be a young mob boss, Tatiana Maslany. I just want to see her in more stuff. Well, Tatiana Maslany. You know who she is? Did you ever watch? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'll be your text. The mother, the mother, uh, whose name is Ava, needs to be old enough to have two sons. Two sons. You're taller than me. One of whom would be in his mid-twenties. The mm. other one of whom mm -hmm. would be in his young twenties because this woman, mm -hmm. she's, a, she's an older woman in really good shape. So okay. minimally late 30s, more more likely mid early to mid 40s. She's in but she's the type of woman mother that goes to the gym every fucking day. She drinks a kill shake every day. She's in incredible shape and she's got two sons that she uses as her enforcers. 
Jennifer Garner. Uh, yeah, Jennifer Garner. Yes, fun. I can see that. It would be fun yeah, to see, see her that, yeah. play against well, type instead of playing yeah, the nice, sweet nice one. mommy one. Do you know? She's the badass, you know. Physically, but yeah, do you know yeah. who delivered? Physically. You couldn't do it again because she just delivered a performance like this in the movie The Hunt. Did you see The Hunt? Yes, oh, I did. Yeah. yeah. Hillary oh, yeah. Swank yeah. crushed Swank. a very similar type of job. I would say her. But that's why Jennifer Garner, I feel I think like. Viola Davis Ooh. could do it. But I think she, Viola, she's a little, she may be a little I, too old. But, she, uh, but I think Viola Davis could do it really well. I think um, uh, I think Betty Gilpin is too young, but she could do it really, really well. Who is the lead in the hunt? Who survives yeah, the hunt? Yeah, I think yeah. she could do it really well. Yeah. She may be a little too young. Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. younger than us, I think. So, yeah. Or yeah, and yeah. We're, like we're in our. I'm 40s. She's. Mm-hmm. What are you? I never remember your age. The my, youngest I'm in the in family. That's why. I'm yeah. in my <laughs> you have to say, yeah, yeah. Becky's the youngest. There's a middle sibling who lives in, in the Canary Islands. She's not here. Well, I'm so. older than all of you. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah. So, um, I so want to play this game forever. This is the most um, <laughs> And then the, so the wife of the male lead in Chariot. Okay. What's her personality like? Is it like a a, 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 a a loving partnership or is it a strained partnership? Her personality is fed up with him disappointing her. Stressed because she has a young boy with a, a critical Ill, illness they can, can't afford treatment for. And when her husband shows up claiming to have found a haunted car, it's like the last straw. Now in the comic book, she's African-American He's Caucasian, which may be irrelevant to casting, but again, in the comic book, we thought that was a nuanced, one nuance of the story that was cool. But again, it doesn't need to be African-American any more than Asian, Hispanic, or white. You know? mm-hmm. Got it, got it, got it, got it. It doesn't really matter. Very cool. Nor does he. Okay, got yeah. it. Uh, Constance Wu could be a good choice, because she's like, she's a pretty great actress, and I feel like we've seen her more in comedy, but I always like the idea of somebody who typically does more funny roles like the way Aquafina did Well I love Aquafina. She's she be amazing. Too, yeah. I mean, would she be right? Maybe she could. We do we right. have a role for her in another book that's just off the hook. Oh, she <laughs> is It's literally she is the character. Oh, I I love her so much. Her show uh, Nora from Queens to me, it's very funny but it, I feel like the heart in that show is so big. I love and I I, I have to her. say if there is like a cultural upbringing that I don't know anything about, is her mixed uh, Vietnamese Chinese yeah. upbringing like? I, but I'm like a Jewish guy who grew up in Montreal with a Cuban mom. Like, what do we have in common? But I feel such a connection to her. I hear you. Well, I've got a Mexican dad and a British mother. Oh wow! <laughs> and a Korean wife. There you go. <laughs> so yeah. So I'm all confused. Uh, you won't find two cultures more dissimilar than English and uh, and his and, I, and, and, and Mexican. So and then Korean is a lot like Mexican. Korean and okay. Mexican. They're the, they're, the, they're the Mexicans of Asia. Okay. <laughs> How are you doing on time? We always want to be very good, respectful of someone who is I have time. as busy as you. Okay. okay. I, I promised also um, Lisa. Lisa. I, I promised yeah. Lisa that my day job is. This is going to be edited, so don't worry. Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, my day job is director of communications for a national security think tank, so I set up mm-hmm. interviews for a living. Mm-hmm. So I'm always very respectful of whatever is negotiated. I always respect the time. Yeah, because yeah. I have to, so no, I, I'm I'm perfectly fine. Okay. I, I have no responsibilities. Right okay, now, so that's yeah. great. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, as if we were doing our show, what you're watching, what you're into, what do you recommend? 
um, aside from everything that the amazing things that a, 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 AWA is creating, um, what's in your Netflix queue or your well, Hulu queue or your Amazon Prime or your funny, Acorn? It's funny you You're s- British, so Acorn. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> funny you said that because uh, my wife and I got a little gift from COVID, a little boy, Augustus, who's six uh-huh. months old. And so uh, he, uh, there he is right there. It's oh, but he's so gorgeous. He was not planned, but he's a little gift from COVID. <laughs> And the thing is that Augustus has, let's just say, put a crimp in our style uh. and our ability to watch <laughs> things. Like, we we watched Squid Games over the course of, like, three weeks because we could only watch it in 10-minute increments <laughs> and stop 10 minutes, stop, because we, we can't, we don't have enough, there's not enough hours in the day to deal with everything. Yes. Plus him, he wakes up every hour because he's 26 pounds and he's teething. Oh. So it's a very bad time to say watch your Netflix cube because we're not... In heavy rotation now. Okay. That said, that said, the last thing I can remember loving was the Queen's Gambit. The two oh, of us yeah. really enjoyed that. We loved yeah, the Queen's Gambit. Yeah, I love that. Really, one. really thrilled with that. Um, you know, I mean, again, I'm a huge fan of, of both uh, uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. I don't think <laughs> it gets better than that. And a huge fan of Fargo, the TV show, oh, which is a, mas- so a masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, so again, I grav- myself gravitate very deeply toward. Uh, sort of dark comedy and crime, mm-hmm. but other genres as well. Um, as far as books go, one of the best books I've read in some time is The Only Good Indian, an amazing horror book. Um, right. I forgot the author's name because I'm bad with names, but a, a wonderful book. And right now I'm reading a book I'm really enjoying called The Final Girls uh, Support Group, which oh, is a, cool. it's a, it's a deconstruction. It's a novel. It's a deconstruction. It's about a group of women who are all final girls. That's amazing. From that real so life serial killer movies. And essentially these women are all part of a support group now. But it deconstructs all of the old 80s slasher flicks. Whoa. I want to see that movie. Yeah. Me, that so do is I, so, do so I. cool. It's a wonderful book. It's, it's a book I'm reading now in five minute increments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm more impressed that you're able to, to read at all right now with a, with a Yeah, it's harder. But I, I find him to read. I just find a way. I got him in my lap. And I just <laughs> pull out my, 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 my iPhone and, and read. That's great. But again, I really enjoyed Squid Games because, you know, again, it, it's, first of all, it's, it's very Korean. My wife translates, saying that's not what they're saying. Oh, Fixing that's everything, so yeah, cool. and, and yeah. But also, it's it's a very very deep dive into the anxiety of Korean culture right now, of which she knows very much. Okay. And so I think it's a very very to, to have an actual Korean in the room telling you this is what's going on here. This is subtext. It's fascinating. That's so I get really I, I get the commentary along the road. <laughs> that's great. It's a really different experience yeah, watching yeah. a show that, like that that yeah. not everyone you know not many that, people. That's are really get. cool. Um, did you watch the Billy Bob Thornton season of Fargo? Are you a yes. Billy Bob Thornton yes. fan? Yes. And you like dark crime? Yes. Goliath on Amazon I'll Prime. check it out. I'll put it on my queue. Just now. finished. They yeah. did four seasons. I will. I, I want to ask you another question back to comics. When you when you create a book, there is the old serial thing, right? Like X-Men, who knows how long it's been going. I mean, I don't know. Is yeah. it still going on the same story since the 90s when I was reading it? But when you do some of these books that are these heavy artistic stories like Bad Mother... Are they open and shut series? Like, meaning there's maybe a few chapters of, of you know, graphic novels and then it's done? Or it's is not it done. an it's ongoing not, it's never, it's, series it's, that it's, goes It's never hard? done, but we don't always plan for season two. Many of our books are planned for season two, three, four. Devil's Highway by Ben Percy um, and Brent Schoenover, volume one, is complete. Volume two is being worked on right now. Hotel had a volume one. 
volume two comes out in December. Um, so many of our books, Year Zero, our, our zombie book, uh, came out. We've had two volumes already. We're working on the third. So we're building franchises. But again, the thing is that more, all the stories are told as a trade that tells a full story. And then what happens is there may be some loose threads, so there may be stuff you want to come back to later down the line. Even if we're not planning on that, there's always stuff there to be had. I mean, when you saw the movie Taken, Taken was a movie was over, right? Liam Neeson saved his daughter, story done. Right. Mm-hmm. Until someone said, hey, what about if the people that come after him? Right. Mm-hmm. This is equal. Got it. Well, Bad Mother tells a story that's over in volume one. But is it over? Got Not it. if there's more got stories it. to be got told. Got it, got it. So it's sort of, I think I'm, I'm, it's kind of like in Sandman, the chapter finishes, the, yes. the installment finishes, they could do more because there's a universe and there's different things, yeah. but also, if it ends there, it ends. Yes. Every series is a universe. Every Got series it. is a universe that can continue, and some of the books are interlinked and share the same same universe, a backdrop. Some, but not all. J. Michael Shazinsky's Resistance set up the foundation for a shared universe that he's continuing to write about, but also Kari Andrews did a book called Erratic, which was our young teen hero. In mm-hmm. that universe, and Greg Hurwitz is doing our Masked Avenger, a Masked Vigilante book in that universe. Wow. So, again, Great. there's a lot, lot of different writers that are weighing in on that universe as well. Wow. All yeah. right, Axel Alonso, this is such a joy. Tell us all the places people can learn about AWA and Upshot and Chariot. Well, the first place to go is our website, awastudios.net. awastudios.net. And I highly recommend you check us out. We've got some of the best creators out there. J. Michael Straczynski, the creator of Babylon 5 and Sense8. Oh, wow. Frank Cho, Garth Ennis, the creator of Preacher and the Boys. Peter Milligan, we've got amazing talent on board. Mike Dudotta Jr., one of the best artists ever, has done a seven or eight series for us at this point. Wow. And again, we span and blend all genres. So you guys have to come by our, our booth Absolutely. and pick up some trades, right? Yes. Well, it was such cool. a joy to chat cool. with you. Thank You're you so much you. for Thank making so time. No Friday Night Movie family, you are so lucky that we have <laughs> this opportunity to sit down with Mr. Axel cool, Alonso. Cool. Thank you. Thank you so much for being yes. here. Hey there, Friday Night Movie fans. You are listening to our Baltimore Comic-Con special. Becky and I are coming at you with interviews from the convention floor and lots of other awesome content. Remember, you can always follow us at Fry Night Movie on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Becky on Twitter at PaperBKPrincess. You can follow me at Pancake4Table on Twitter and Instagram. And even though Lily isn't with us at the convention, she will be popping up on the live streams. So make sure to tweet at her at Chichi, C-H-I-C-H-I-K, the letter K, Gomez on Twitter. Check out the show notes for all of the causes we are supporting and organizations we're supporting. And go to the website, FridayNightMoviePod.com, to sign up for our newsletter. And keep following the feed for all of the exciting Baltimore Comic-Con content we have coming your way. Thanks for listening.